Hello everyone, this is Mike Lance again, Derek Reardon, Dan Rolfing, and Maddie Griffith. I hope you had a chance to listen to our previous podcast, and now we're on our second installment of our tax planning podcast. Mike, do you want to start us off on what this one will be about? Sure. Thanks, Maddie. And, and like Maddie said, hopefully you've had a chance to listen to our, our first installment, and we thought that uh, we would save this particular uh, podcast for, for something that's kind of its, its own entity, and I, I referenced it a few times that we probably couldn't do it justice in a couple of minutes, so we'll, we'll try to take a stab at it here. It's really the, the, the next generation of tax, tax efficient investing and over the last couple of years, it's, it's been around for a little while, but the last couple of years with the development of, of software and technology, it's, it's really developed into something that we think is, is something for investors to consider. And it's, it's called direct indexing. And, um, I think I'll let Dan do, uh, Dan have an opportunity to kind of discuss what direct indexing versus just a regular index, what that, what that really means. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Direct indexing is really comparable to the idea that you could, you can go and you could buy a ready made meal off the shelf. That's your, that's your off the shelf index. It's already done. It's packaged something like the S&P 500 is the most common one, but there's a number of indexes that someone can buy and you could buy that index as a single position or a single fund and, However it does, you're going to track that index. Direct indexing is like similar to getting all of the individual ingredients for that meal and putting it together yourself, adding more of what you like, taking out what you don't, and then building it just for you and customizing it exactly how you want it. You still have an index of funds that tracks very closely. It correlates very closely to the index you choose, but you own all the components. You see all of them. They're in your portfolio, and you can increase or decrease weightings as you see fit. You can align the portfolio to values that you might feel that you want to overweight. You can exclude specific companies. You can make sure specific ones are included. You can also align it to uh, such things as higher dividends or more growth or something like that. So it's exactly customized to you, but it's still an index fund because it tracks very closely to a broad index that you've chosen. Over the last uh, several decades, and I've been around talking about tax planning for you know for, for a long time, a lot of people have kind of felt like if they bought an index fund, that was tax efficient because essentially you, you could buy this and if that you held on to that index fund, you didn't really pay any capital gains or any taxes on it until you sold it. If you bought the S&P 500 as an example, as an index fund, which is the most commonly known, at any given time in those 500 companies, there, there might be anywhere from 30 to 70 of those companies that are actually down at, at the, any particular time. This is a way for us, like Dan said, to kind of carve out all of those individual holdings and and be able to maybe recognize losses in some of those positions that if you own an index fund, they're all kind of lumped together in, in one portfolio. And so until you sell it, you don't even have a gain or a loss. This is our way of maybe holding your winners and pruning your loser. Yeah, I think, I mean, from a ownership in the S&P 500, for example, as an index, right? Um, from a client perspective, the way you would see it if you bought Dan's example of off the shelf is a symbol uh, of that ETF in your portfolio. In a direct indexing portfolio, you actually own the stocks that are underneath uh, that make up that index. And you can, you said, apply different tilts, right? So maybe I want um, to own companies that really focus on sustainability in locations that they operate in and do business in. Um, maybe they've specialized in diversity in their workforce, right? You have the ability to make different tilts and, and apply different factors to your portfolio that if it's important to you, um, now technology allows us to do that. Whereas off-the-shelf ETFs, um, not as not as many choices and are customized to the client's specifications. Well, a great example, Derek, right, is if you were to buy a 
an index fund that is that is tries to to target those types of sustainability or diverse whatever uh, tilts you want. If you try to buy an off the shelf one that targets those things, you're getting somebody else's package. It may not be exactly what you want. It may not speak specific to your value. It might be close, but it's still somebody else's concept. This is yours. You can make it your own. Well, Derek talked about technology. I think the other thing is just to kind of dive into that technology a little bit is in the advisory world, uh, I, I think that we've talked a number of years about doing tax, you know, tax loss harvesting. We typically do it in October. If there's an opportunity during the year or when we're doing a portfolio review, we look at it. But, but this essentially is using the technology to do tax loss harvesting. I'll say 24 seven. Uh, obviously it's only when the markets are open, but, but essentially it's 24 seven because you've got essentially that the computers are looking for the opportunities to, to pair losses where you know, any advisor may not think that that's either enough of a loss or may not think in the middle of May to be looking at doing any tax loss harvesting. And the other thing it does is it's going to track all of those different 31-day periods so, so you don't get trapped into a wash sale. And so, you know, mechanically, if we were to do that in somebody's portfolio, and I mentioned earlier, 30 or 50 names that are down, I can't imagine on my, you know, on my calendar having 30 or 50 entries for uh, 31 day wash sales to be able to go back. And so that's where the technology really comes in. And it, it may, it's, it's really beneficial for, you know, for holders of the strategy. I think it begs the question though, Mike, is like people will ask, well, okay, if I do this, does that mean every time one of my stocks is down a dollar, is it going to sell it? So I'm going to have constant trading nonstop. And the answer to that is no. The technology is smart enough at this point to look and say, we're really going to take those losses when it's going to actually stay in within the tracking error or stay correlated to the actual index you chose. And when the software is able to, or the algorithm is able to tell that there's going to be an addition of value. Okay. So it's not going to just trigger every time there's a couple of pennies lost. It's going to trigger when there's a material potential increase in value by making the transaction, both from a tax standpoint and hopefully from an appreciation standpoint over time. Yeah, and I think when you when you look at that, that efficiency is is something that you know a lot of people look at as is how's this going to perform for me? And what we what we do know and being able to test it and also talking to the various companies that do this type of work is that that tax efficiency should in and of itself allow for some outperformance than what you would do if you would to buy the index. Again, there's there's the returns and then there's the after-tax returns or the returns that are in your pocket. And those are the returns that I'm talking about. And it, it, in, in many cases, we're seeing uh, uh, increased returns of, I'll say 1%, but I've seen studies that show as high as 2 Two and a half percent, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk too too well about this. But I think to, to have a return that maybe is giving you an extra one percent in your pocket after tax is is something that uh, you know we think is is very appealing, simply because that covers a lot of your costs of, of any of the investments. So we've also compared this so far to um, off the shelf index fund, but when you compare it to actively managed mutual funds, there's a couple of huge benefits for doing something like this versus those actively managed mutual funds. If we can get there, one, um, as many of you know. Actively managed mutual funds have what's called capital gain distributions, oftentimes towards the end of the year, where all of the positions that were sold throughout the year inside that fund, you don't see them because you own the fund. Well, those gains have to be paid out to you and you pay tax on those. Uh, and even though you didn't necessarily see that income. Also, actively managed mutual funds are oftentimes more expensive than this strategy, even though this is a form of active management too. So we're getting more tax smart investment because we're, tech, we're recognizing losses to offset any gains and we're not having those distributions on money that we didn't see, and we're actually able to lower costs in terms of the management structure for this type of portfolio. Yeah, those are important points. And and so just to kind of dig in mechanically how this works is we're talking about the S&P 500, 
this particular strategy, what it would do is ideally you would own somewhere around 200 individual names and the computer will do this in such a manner that it'll know that those 200 names are going to give you roughly anywhere from 95 to 99% correlation to the S&P 500, which means that essentially you're going to be performing essentially in line with the S&P 500, but you're going to not own 500 names. You might own 200 names. And the computer will know which ones are driving the performance to get you that same correlation so that you're not missing out on anything. And the the, the portfolio is such at, at, say, 200 or anywhere from, and you could set it to where you own 100 stocks. You could, own, you could set it to where you own 350. It's really customized to you. But the optimum number is somewhere in that 200 vicinity because it gives you that correlation with the index. And so you'll actually own those individual names uh, in the portfolio. Again, kind of like a, a regular managed account, but not like a mutual fund today. We've used S&P 500 as the, the, the baseline for comparison in this conversation because everybody knows it. It's the most common index out there, maybe other than the Dow. But we also can use international index, large company, small company, global. We have a lot of complex or excuse me, um, flexibility here that uh, start the process and which index you choose to then build going forward. Yeah, and I, I touched on, you know, applying different screens and tilts. One thing also that is very valuable with this technology is building around concentrated positions. If you're someone that over time has, whether it's been inheritance potentially, or just from working at this company and you're an executive and, and you've started to build up a position in one specific stock, well, now you have the ability to move closer from a performance or correlation perspective to a, to a broad-based index um, and still all have that ownership in that stock. And then over time, we use the technology to start to maybe even reduce positions or basically just diversify your holdings, right, in a tax-efficient manner. That's right. And it, it's really a strategy that it, it's, you know, anybody can really look at it or could consider it, but it's especially effective for those that are in, in uh, high tax brackets. Uh, if they're looking to be conscious of the, the extra 3.8% Medicare tax, uh, certainly anybody that's really conscious about taking gains. Uh, we've seen that not necessarily last year, but in 2021, when at the end of the year, there was a lot of investors that had had a, a wonderful year that only to get surprises uh, when they were doing their taxes with all the capital gains that were distributed. And so it's not to say that this is a perfect thing, but it is something that might help to offset getting in that type of situation. And so we're finding that, you know, higher net worth, higher tax bracket, higher income, uh, folks, that this is this is something of great appeal that I think you're going to hear more and more of as as time goes on. There, there's nothing new about tax efficient investing. It's just a question of what can you do to utilize that. There there hasn't been a lot of, of vehicles, and this is just something that you know, you know, along with the things that we talked about in the previous podcast, we think uh, are are very appealing today. Yeah, you know, we put these put something like this together with some of the other topics we talked about in our previous podcast. What we're really doing is trying to continue to just increase our ability to tax plan and tax strategize to optimize that tax situation so that taxes aren't whittling away at your returns instead using taxes to try and at best hold the line but even improve your returns over time well it's it, it it's clear that there's a number of things that that people can do and we just wanted to be out there it you know especially during the summertime to to make sure we educate everyone to know that Tax planning is not something that just comes around at the end of the year. It's not something that you just do when you're doing your tax return. It's something that you're doing uh, you're twelve months, yeah. yeah, twelve months a year. I mean, even in our day. I mean, we've you think back to 2020. There was so much 
uh, momentum in, in price movement when the market, uh, there's a lot of money um, chasing a lot of names and, and it's tough to follow 500 stocks and the amount that they swing on an interday basis. But this technology allows for, for you to have that experience of like, okay, I've, I've got a large move in a position. I can either take a loss, I can take a large gain, uh, whatever it might be. Um, it, it's out there that software is available. Derek, you pre- previously mentioned screens and tilts. What are some different examples of those? Yeah, so screen would be something like environmental, don't want to own coal, or um, I do want to have exposure to oil companies, right? Waste pollution. Uh, social would be like animal welfare, um, controversial like a, a, a weapons um, or con- defense contractor, that type of company, nuclear weapons. Um, another example of a screen would be like values. So to the big two are gambling and tobacco. Um, Hilt would be like ESG. So I talked earlier, something like environmental, social, and governance, something like gender diversity or low carbon footprints, right? The companies that really focus in on things um, like those examples. And then for factors, that, that that's another example of a tilt. So high dividend yield, high quality, high value, maybe low, vol- low volatility as someone's like, hey, I just want to kind of a smoother ride here um, in this portfolio. Well, one last thing. I, I, I know that uh, as we're talking about all these things, they all sound great. And I just wanted to point out one thing uh, with regard to direct indexing that maybe you won't like. OK, so there's so many things that to, there are to like about it. Just one, you know, one thing I wanted to point out, because there is no perfect investment. One of the things that you might not like about this is the fact that because it's technology driven, it will probably be more active. And while that all sounds great, what that means is your 1099 will probably be a little bit longer than just a normal account. And so if you're if you're one of those folks that still likes to sit down and maybe by hand enter all of your, your gains and losses at the end of the year, this might be something that uh, you, you may not like come, come tax time. If you're downloading it and so forth, that's great. But we highly recommend if you're, you know, if you're utilizing this type of strategy that you're working along with or we're working along with your tax advisor or your CPA to uh, to be able to coordinate all of this because there, it is a little bit cumbersome. Uh, it's not it's not impossible, but it's just it's a little bit more paper than maybe what someone might be used to. Thank you again for listening and keeping along with our podcast, and we hope that you join us for the next one. Thank, Thank you. Everyone. Thanks a lot, everyone. Investment information presented should not be considered as individual investment advice. You should consider your individual investment objectives and risk tolerances before making investment decisions. Not all strategies discussed may be suitable for all investors. Non-investment topics discussed are for informational purposes only and should not be considered legal or tax advice. Individuals should consult with their own legal or tax advisor concerning their own specific situation. Investment advisory services offered through Lance Financial, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. 